0: Authenticity is more important than confidence. And I believe you cannot have confidence without authenticity. Because there's a lot of like well-intentioned but bad advice out there in the professional world, especially being given to women. But because that character felt like truth. It didn't feel like she was trying to be something. It just felt like she was 100% showing up as herself and owning it. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're feeling good. I am so excited about the topic of today's episode because it's something, you know, often it falls into this category, but it's something that I struggled with a lot. I went through this journey myself, and I know it's something that a lot of you are struggling with, which is you want to have this strong, captivating voice at work, but you also want to feel like yourself, and you want it to be really authentic, and I think that is such a good goal because I wasted so much time in my career trying to strengthen my voice and build this voice that wasn't my voice. And that was a total waste of time because no matter how quote unquote strong that voice got, it wasn't mine. So it was bound to collapse at some point because it didn't feel good and it wasn't sustainable. And so in today's episode, I'm going to share with you a little bit about what I've learned about having a strong, authentic, and captivating voice Not just from my corporate career and my experience being around executives and becoming an executive myself, but also from my experience on stage and learning how to captivate audiences, which is not all that different from captivating a room full of people at work. You would be really surprised at how similar the two can be. I'm so excited to get into this. I've been really like just so pumped to record this episode because this topic is so close to my heart and like so close to all the values that I care about and the things that I think are really, really, really important. So I can't wait to dive in. And if you're new here, I just want to tell you about some free resources and ways to work with me so that you know about all of that stuff. And then I'm going to dive in to the main content for today. So if you're new, hello, hello. In the show notes, there is a free resources section where you will find a bunch of stuff that you can get if you want to go deeper with my content or want to meet other women who listen to the show. I definitely suggest joining the Facebook group. I also have a free ebook called The Smart Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the workplace, and it is designed to walk you through the journey of not just finding your voice, but finding an assertive voice, which can be incredibly difficult, especially as a female. That ebook is totally free, and you can get it in the show notes, and you can also, if you want to, sign up for my newsletter. So there's lots of free stuff down there. And if you are looking for deeper help and you want help from me one-on-one with you, I'm also in process of launching my coaching practice, which is going to officially open next year when I finish my coach training that I'm doing right now. But in the meantime, while I'm in my training, I'm taking on what are called beta clients. So this just means like you become a one-on-one client of mine while i'm still in my coach training and you get to coach with me for half off because i'm still finishing up the training and wrapping that up and this is really good for you if you know that you have something you want to work on a lot of the women who listen to the show are working on confidence executive presence and their voice at work and in meetings if you know you have an area that you want to work on you've kind of been working on it yourself, but you're not really progressing at the pace that you want to. And you want support from me, someone who's been there and someone who understands what it takes to create lasting change in your life in a way that is sustainable and in a way that feels good. If that is a direction you want to go in, check out the show notes and you can learn more about how to find out if you can work with me. And with that, Let's get into the topic of today's episode, authenticity. Holy cow, there is nothing, nothing, nothing more important than authenticity. Authenticity is more important than confidence, and I believe you cannot have confidence without authenticity. If you have confidence and there is no authenticity as part of that confidence, then what you have isn't confidence it's something else and it's something that is not quite as lasting as true confidence and it's a trap that i fell into for a very long time and also, this topic that I'm sharing about, one of the reasons I feel so strongly about it, and I think it's so important for you, is because there's a lot of like well-intentioned but bad advice out there in the professional world, especially being given to women. So just to preface this episode with a little bit of my personal experience and me being on the struggle bus when it comes to this topic— I had this period in my career which I talk about a lot, right? I talk a lot about the first 2 years of my career. I always say like, "Oh, those years of my career were really, really hard, and yes, that's true, but like the real language that I would really use to truly convey to you what those first two years of my career were like is they were a shit show. It was a shit show. I was a shit show, and I say this with love. You know, I kind of reflect back on it now with humor, but it was a very difficult, very painful very, you know, it was filled with emotional turmoil. And one of the things that was happening during that time was a big fear around my voice and I was so excited to start this new job that I started in the first couple years of my career as like this management consultant at this big fancy global like top level management consulting firm. I had landed this position. I was so excited and I got there like excited and the second I got there, I felt like I would enter the room, enter the building, enter the space and all of my confidence would just like Fade from my body, and I would start to feel like scared and constricted and small. And this became a problem because a lot of the work that I was doing, possibly like the work that you are doing now, requires you to share your voice, to share ideas with colleagues, with your manager during meetings. There are so many places in the workplace and so many occasions in the workplace where you need to be telling people about what you are doing. And when you don't feel strong in your voice and when you feel that smallness, it's really hard to do that. And I felt that smallness. And so what happened for me was after not very long of being in this work environment, I very, 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 very quickly got the feedback that I was not speaking up enough, that my voice was not strong enough, and that I needed to have a stronger voice, and I needed to have a stronger executive presence. And the work that I was doing, I was working at a professional services firm, so the work was client-facing. So there was a huge emphasis on kind of, you know, like how you show up and how confident you sound. Like that was a really, there was a lot of attention on that, and I was not Living up to the standard at that time that was expected of me in that environment. And so I started to get feedback on how I could improve my executive presence. And I tried to listen to what these people were telling me because they were more experienced. They were the ones that determined, you know, whether I progressed and succeeded in this environment, and they were telling me what I needed to do and what I needed to change to have greater executive presence. So I figured, okay, I better listen to what these people are telling me, right? You know, like they're telling me that in order to perform at the level I need, this is how I have to sound. This is how I have to talk. I better listen. And I found myself trying to listen to their advice on what my executive presence should be, what it should sound like. And I felt worse when I was trying to speak the way that they told me to speak and when I was trying to sound the way they told me to sound. And it made me feel like maybe I'm so broken and maybe I'm so effed up that not only am I so shy and awkward and like not able to be a normal human during meetings, not only that, but also, I am so broken that these people told me exactly what to do and exactly how to fix this problem and exactly like what I need to do to get a better review next time on this topic, and I can't even do it. And I thought, whoa, something's wrong with me. Like, I really suck at this to begin with, and I can't implement this feedback, and I feel awful and horrible all the time. This is really bad. And as I'm sure you can imagine, this led me down a very dark place. And that dark place that this led me down is one of the reasons that I started this show. Because if you are in a dark place like that right now, or if you ever find yourself in a dark place like that, you need to know that you're not alone. You need to know that there are so many women out there in that dark place right now and that it doesn't mean anything about you. And I promise that if you can have patience and gentleness and bravery, you can absolutely come out of it. But what's even more important than me telling you that... Is me telling you what I believe so strongly in my bones. Like, I believe this so strongly. And this is like why this podcast is so important. What I really, really, really want you to know is that a lot of this advice that women are receiving about how we need to sound and how to sound more powerful and how to have executive presence it's not good advice. It's not helpful. It's not useful. It comes from this old world model of how a leader should look, which is like aggressive and loud and masculine and domineering. And that model doesn't work for everyone. That is not everyone's style. And so what was missing for me at that time was there was like no acknowledgement at all that different people are going to sound strong and confident in different ways, right? So my way of sounding strong and confident isn't the same as like the 45-year-old man who was giving me the feedback on how he thinks someone sounds strong and confident. It's absurd to think that everyone should sound the same. But what happens a lot is that women get feedback on like this very archetypal idea of a leader and what a leader should sound like. And of course, when you're trying to be something that you're not, it feels awful and it's hard to do. And on the flip side of that, when you're trying to be something that you are, it just feels natural and it feels good and it feels like an expression of yourself. So even though building confidence can be scary because you have to take risks and you have to speak in ways that you've never, you know, that you've never spoken in before, like even though it can feel scary It shouldn't feel like fundamentally bad and awful because you should just be expressing who you are. And if someone tells you that you need to sound a certain way, that you need to dress a certain way, a lot of the feedback that I got on my executive presence was very much on my cosmetic appearance. So really some of the first things I was told was like, okay, start by trying to not look as young. Uh, I would suggest cutting your hair. Your voice has a lot of like uptick and valley girl. So you really need to pay attention to that. And all of these things that I was being told they made me very self-conscious and they didn't help at all because what really needed to happen was an exploration of what makes me feel powerful. And as soon as that exploration happened, then it wouldn't matter the length of my hair or my Valley Girl voice. None of that would matter. As soon as I felt powerful, I would have executive presence. So, you know, they were trying to change all these things on the outside. And what they really didn't realize is that power... An executive presence comes from the inside. And if someone ever gives you advice that makes you feel horrible and doesn't feel authentic to you, you don't have to follow it. And in fact, it is really important for us as women to be discerning about the advice that we get because the more that we stay true to what we want to create and to what we think is best for us, the more we create new norms. For other women, that power doesn't have to sound that one way, that you are allowed to be unique to who you are. And that brings me to something really important for today's episode, which is the idea of uniqueness and the idea that the things about you that make you you are actually the very things that you need to be captivating and strong in a professional setting. And the way that I want to explain this to you is this comes from my experience of what happened when I started to learn to perform. So I've talked about this on other episodes before. This is like, I can't do, I don't have this part of my life active right now because of coronavirus. But before coronavirus, I was studying performing arts and I was studying improv comedy and I was studying musical improv comedy. So I was getting on stage and, I was doing comedic routines, and I was learning also how to do musical, improvised comedic routines. And as part of that, I started to learn a lot about stage presence in class, and I started to get comfortable performing in front of audiences, which was like a huge me overcoming my fears in a massive, massive way. But what was really interesting was it started to affect my voice positively in all of these other areas. I felt more confident at work. I felt more confident with the podcast. It started to have all these ripple effects that I didn't anticipate. And I I didn't take the classes because for that reason, like I just took them because it seemed fun. So it was really fascinating. And I really started to learn what it means to have presence, what it means to be captivating, how it's different for an audience of people watching you when there's energy flowing through you and you're being your authentic self versus when there isn't. And it's really a real thing. And as soon as you learn some of those things... It really helps you feel more strong and captivating in all kinds of different settings. And I want to explain to you one foundational thing today, and I'm sure that I'll build upon this in more and more future episodes because this is so important, and I know a lot of you are working on executive presence and confidence. I know it's a big area of interest for so many of you, but what I want to walk you through today is the importance of uniqueness and authenticity, and how those things feed into executive presence and being captivating and having charisma. Because one of the most powerful things you could do is not just sounding confident and you know not just sounding powerful, but really when you speak, people are hooked in they are listening. They are feeling something. And what they are feeling is making them want to listen to you more and more and making them tune into you in a way that fosters a connection between you and them. Holy cow, is that powerful? And that is what I want to help you with. You can't get there by following some you know, 45-year-old white dude's manual on how to sound powerful. <laughs> that is not how you get to that place, let me tell you. You get to that place through authenticity. And I want to prove it to you by walking you through a character from a movie, from one of my favorite movies and my favorite characters. And hopefully you've seen this movie. I think almost everyone has. But this is my favorite character in Finding Nemo. I don't know if you've seen Finding Nemo. If you haven't, like the rest of this episode is literally all about that movie, so you might need to go watch it. But I really want to talk to you about the character of Dory in Finding Nemo, because for me, she is such a beautiful example of this. And I love to use fictional character and characters in movies and even just celebrities as examples of embodiment of some of these principles that make you strong and confident and powerful. And today's example is Dory. And when I think about Dory, what I really think about is I think of her as this character that the entire world fell in love with. Like, I just think of everyone's hearts <laughs> getting instantly connected to Dory. And she really, like, her character is carried so much of the comedy and so much of the entertainment within Finding Nemo. She was really, really central to it, and she is really the focus of today's episode and today's takeaway and what I want to talk about today. Now, you might be thinking that she seems like an odd example (laughs) of an aspirational character and an aspirational communication style, This is a show for women in professional environments. Dory's character was like very silly and she she couldn't read. Like when she saw the word escape, she said escape. So she might seem like an odd choice. And that's actually the point of this episode. And it's the point of all of this. So hopefully by the end, this is all going to make sense. But I want you to reflect on why Dory was so captivating as a character and why she had this like magnetic pull of affinity where you just wanted more and more and more, and everything she said was so good and so perfect and made you feel like so lit up and joyful as you were watching the movie. I really want you to reflect on like, what was it about her that created that? And if you are to reflect on that question, I think what might come up as one of the first things is she was so funny. And yes, that's true. She was so funny. She was really, really funny. But there are a lot of funny characters. And I would argue that a lot of those other funny characters didn't quite connect with people in the same way that Dory did. I think that, at least for me, and I know for a lot of other people too, she really like hooked into people's hearts and made this lasting impression. And we have all seen so many films with really funny characters. But I would argue that there's something different about Dory that goes beyond the comedy. And this is where it gets really interesting because the thing about her that goes beyond it It's very hard to describe. There's just something there that pulls you in. And I want to try to make it as concrete and specific as possible so you can understand how this applies to you. And I will walk you through how I think about her character, and I think it will help you begin to see yourself in new ways, especially if you identify as like introverted or awkward or self-conscious. I think this will help you a lot. So yes, Dory is funny. And like, yes, we love her character because it is so entertaining. But another reason, and I believe the reason that she hooked into us and was so much more compelling than other funny characters, and there were many really funny characters in the movie, right? So it's like, well, what was it about her? I think what it was about her is that the way that her character was written and the way that Ellen performed that character had so much rawness and authenticity to who the character really was. The filter of, you know, what the character was thinking and what the character was saying was so minimal. There was so little of a filter. So when Dory was speaking and acting, you really deeply saw that this was just her This was just who she was. She wasn't trying to be super funny. She was just existing so authentically. And because she was being so authentic and because we got this like really like direct connection into who she is at her core as a character, because that was like so open and clear, as we heard her speak and as she would say really funny things, we got to know her really quickly. We really quickly got a sense of this character. This character is very optimistic. This character doesn't worry a lot. She's she like a lot of like ominous things are on the horizon and she is just like not worried about it. This character is not very self-aware, but in a way that's very charming. We read those qualities in her. We got those qualities so quickly because the character was so well-written and so well-performed that as the film went on, because we knew her so well— she became like a silly best friend of ours where you know your friends so well, you know how they're gonna react in certain situations and you're almost like laughing in advance because you know them and you know what their reaction's gonna be and you know it's gonna be funny because you're just so tapped into who they are. And it's not just about them being funny in the moment, but it's just about the fact that they're being so authentic that you can feel that and you can sort of sense them as a person through the things that they say and through the things that they do. And I think that is why we fell in love with her. It is not just because she is so funny and it is not just because she says the funniest things, but because that character felt like truth. It didn't feel like she was trying to be something. It just felt like she was 100% showing up as herself and owning it. And that's where the love is. Like, that's where our heart is connected to her heart, right? Like, you don't love someone for being funny. You just love someone for being human. And of course, Dory was a fish, but her being so true to who she was as a character and that lack of self-awareness and just the things that she says, it makes her human. It brings out her humanity, actually, In a really um, old episode, I think back in season one or two, I had a guest Vicky talk about the humanity is the thing that we connect with. And I think that Dory is a really good example because her humanity and the things that make her who she is are very real, very like imperfect traits that so many of us have that we think are bad. And the reason that I chose her as an example is because it is very important To debunk this idea that being captivating and making a deep connection with your audience and really speaking to someone at that deep, deep level where they are tuned into you, where they are listening to what you are saying, and where they feel truly connected to you, that doesn't come from sounding perfect That doesn't come from saying the perfect words. That doesn't come from having the loudest voice in the meeting. And that certainly does not come from being the most polished, perfect communicator in the meeting. Yes, I want to give you all the structure to elevate everything you say to an executive level. But when we are talking about being captivating and we are talking about having a presence that goes beyond the content you are sharing and having a presence that connects you as a human to the people around you and makes people want to tune into you and listen to you, the only way that you will get there in a sustainable way is by being just like Dory and showing exactly who you are and not covering up the things about you that make you human and I don't know about you but I am quirky and weird and awkward and I say weird things and I do weird things and I spent so much time just like thinking that like in these meetings and in these settings I have to like turn all of that off and make sure no one knows that I'm weird and just be this like vanilla person that is relatable to everyone and generic and that's also how you become a powerful leader and that's also how you are captivating and it is the Opposite of that. And I discovered that by accident. I discovered that by accident because the more I did a theater, the more I just became free in myself and in my body and in my voice. It just happened because I was spending so much time every single week practicing doing that. That my body just started to learn what it really feels like to be me and to be self-expressive and just to be talking the way I want to talk, the way that feels good, and not trying to do it in some other way. I learned what my stage presence was. I learned what it feels like when I am radiating that to the audience. And what I realized and what I saw in my performances and from my instructors and in my feedback in my performing classes that I took was that I was most captivating when I was being myself and showing the weirdness and doing the weird things and just being me. That was where all my power was. Every last kernel of it was in the authenticity and all of the weird parts of it, all of the strange parts of it, just like Dory, right? She's just showing up as who she is, and it is so captivating for that reason. And this message is so important, and this message is not being shared enough with women. Your power and your ability to command a room— Is not going to come from you conforming to this communication style that we are told is the way to be, which is loud and perfectly polished and frankly a little bit generic. Your strongest communication comes when you are not trying so hard to put on a mask and put on a facade. And in fact, it happens when you do the opposite. It happens when you have the courage and the bravery to show up as who you are with your true personality and your quirks and the things about you that are different or that you think are strange. That is when you are most captivating because that is when you are showing the truth of who you are. And that is the most compelling that you will ever be. And you will never, ever, ever be able to fake your way. Or conform your way into being more compelling than you are when you're just truly being yourself. And I know that this can be really hard. And I know that this is not easy. But I want to make this smaller and leave you with one really concrete takeaway that you can start to do right now, which is that when you are in meetings and you are thinking, okay, I need to be conveying something different. I need to be more confident, like I'm not showing up how I want to. When you find yourself in those situations, I just want you to notice when you're trying to do that, are you being more authentic or are you being less authentic? Which direction is your default direction that you're going in when you're in a meeting and you're trying to show up with stronger presence? For a lot of us, especially as women, we're going in the direction of being less authentic because that's what society has told us to do and that's what a lot of professional environments tell us to do, especially for women who don't fit the mold, right? Especially for those of us who are like strange or quirky or different or unconventional, Those qualities do not typically get cultivated in a professional setting. And I think they are the most important thing to cultivate, not only for us to be more comfortable, but for us to pave the way for the next generation of women to see that we don't all have to look and sound the same. And so what I would ask you to do is if you find yourself in meetings going farther away from your authentic self, I would ask you if you can take one small step towards speaking more like your true self. This is the self that is around your friends. This is the self where you feel most comfortable and at ease. That is the direction we want to go in. And of course, once you have that core sense of self and you feel authentic and you feel like you're being yourself instead of like being a weirdo, because like no one wants to feel like a weirdo, right? (laughs) Once you get to that like sense of self, then you can build on it, right? Just like a performer would do, just like I would do on stage. You start with yourself and then you amplify from there and you figure out, okay, this is how I feel and this is how I sound and this is how I talk when I'm being really authentic and I'm being who I am. And what does that look like when I amplify that? What does that look like when I feel really, really powerful? Then how does that look? And then you're arriving at that place of power From a foundation of authenticity. So you're taking who you already are and you're building upon it and you're amplifying it versus just trying to skip all of those steps and looking at, you know, what the professional world has deemed strong executive presence and just trying to copy that. That's like trying to change everything on the outside and going outside in and being like, okay, my voice has to sound this way and my posture has to be this way and blah, blah, blah. It's so outside in, it's so cosmetic. I think, I honestly think it's a huge waste of time. Instead of doing it that way, you're starting from the inside and being like, Who am I? How do I sound? What feels good to me? What feels like it's truly me? And you're accessing that place. And then from that place, you get to play and experiment and have fun and figure out, how do I turn that up? How do I be more powerful? What does it sound like for me when I'm really being myself and commanding and really captivating the room with my content? And that is my challenge for you, is to see if you can take a small step to be a little bit more authentic, to have your voice be a little bit more natural. Because the more you do those small steps over time, if you stick with it, you will begin to get more comfortable with your natural voice. And as soon as you start to get comfortable with your natural voice, then you can start building on it. But I don't suggest trying to just go outside in and just make your voice sound a certain way and make yourself sound and look a certain way because someone told you to do that. I suggest getting in touch with who you are. And from that place, once you start to feel comfortable and authentic building upon that, And that is what makes you captivating. And that is why everyone was obsessed with Dory. No one will ever be obsessed with someone who is just trying to like emulate some outside in standard, right? People are only going to fall in love and only going to develop that affinity for someone who is truly radiating authenticity. So if you really want to get to your most powerful place and the most powerful presence that you will ever have, this is the only way there. There is no other way there, and it has to start with authenticity. So I would love to hear from you if this is something you relate to. And what I'm really curious about is what your experience has been like in meetings where you are trying to be more confident. After listening to this episode, do you feel like some of that, you know, some of those attempts to be confident are moving you away from who you truly are, which is a really interesting thing to notice, right? Without any judgment, it's just an interesting thing to observe. And I would want to know what is one small change you can make to move yourself closer to who you truly are. And what I would really want to ask you to pay attention to when you do that is how it feels to be more authentic versus how it felt to be less authentic and showing up in this way that you thought you had to show up. So I would love to hear and feel free to message me or reach out to me. You can email me. You can message me on Instagram. I will put that in the show notes. And if you want one-on-one support and you are ready to move faster and take action towards your professional growth and you want to do that with me, I would love to help you and I would love to work with you. And you can learn more about working with me by going into the link in the show notes and checking out the podcast website. And don't forget to check out the free resources. And thank you so much for tuning in. I'm getting close to the end of the season. So this episode is the second-to-last episode of season four, which I'm really excited. And next week's episode is an essay that I wrote, That i have been working on for a while for some reason this one has been really hard for me to write and i don't i don't exactly know why it's been so hard but i am really excited to share it it's about fear and it's about some of my fears in the workplace and it's about helping you learn to be with your own fears and work through those because i think that that is really really important So I'm just excited to share that with you. I'm excited to close off the season. There will be more bonus content coming later in the month. I'm going to do the Ask Me Anything questions in one or two bonus episodes. So I'm looking forward to that. But definitely tune in next week. I'm so excited to share that piece with you and hear what you think. And I hope you're doing amazing. And I hope you have an incredible day. And I'll catch you soon. All right. Bye.